Welcome everyone to the College Parent Podcast. My name is Shelby DeLay. And my name is Savannah Land, and we want to thank you for joining us. On today's episode, we will be interviewing Rachel Clay, the Southeast Regional Manager for Campus Vote Project, and discussing the importance of college students being registered to vote and engaging in politics. Let's go ahead and dive in and welcome Rachel to the College Parent Podcast. Hi, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Rachel, can you talk about why it is important for college students to be registered to vote? Yeah, definitely. I can tell you um, what Campus Vote Project does and why we exist, because I think that helps to answer that. Um, We are a project of the Fair Election Center, and we started in 2012. 2012 being the year before the Shelby versus Holder decision came down from the Supreme Court, nullifying essentially what made the Voting Rights Act have any effect at all. Um, I'm in North Carolina. I've always been in North Carolina. And that's when I started doing election protection work when I was in college. So I did like poll defender work and I helped like call the hotline and like check on people if they seemed like they weren't having a good time voting and find out why. And um, we were the first state, North Carolina was the first state to pass a really um, intense voter suppression bill after the Shelby versus Holder decision. And that was 2013. So it was like a year before Campus Vote Project started is in the summer of 2013. So what we know is that there's a lot of voter suppression that happens to different groups that are disenfranchised in many other ways. Like voter suppression hinges on social inequity. It doesn't really work if we don't have poor people and it doesn't really work if we don't have like really effective racism and like white supremacy. College students are also at this like nexus of like power and vulnerability where like they're concentrated and like administratively affected in really in in powerful ways where like you could be getting them to vote and like teaching them to vote more than probably any other constituency because they're all together they're all sort of put in that like close bound together and also they are doing a myriad of administrative tasks all the time they're paying tuition they're being housed like they're signing up for classes and like voting is at its core an administrative task Um, And then they are educating people. And the other part of voting is being educated. So like colleges should be like harbingers of democracy, but they're also under attack by like different uh, voter suppression bills. So like there's college gerrymandering, there's like student ID issues. So anyways, that is part of why we do what we do is to like help institutionalize voter engagement. And we work with college administrators so that the colleges will take a more proactive role in getting out the vote or like teaching civic engagement rather than what we see now is like a lot of third-party organizations like coming onto campus they're never going to do it as good as the college could you know they they it's not possible um and then we see students doing it when they should be going to class like doing their homework um and so or they should at least have that choice they shouldn't be having to do what i had to do in college which is like be a plaintiff and like a suing my my county um and so that's part of why it is so important to vote. I think like this is for every group. It's important to vote because if you aren't exercising a right, it's a lot easier for it to come under attack. And like, that is what has happened. Like we, we don't have elected officials that represent college students because college students haven't been voting very much. And so the elected officials don't have the college students interests at heart in a meaningful way. Um, And that makes sense because they weren't elected by those people. Um, Not to mention the fact that, just the 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 immense power one out of 10 eligible voters like 10 percent of all eligible voters in 2020 were from gen z um it's the most diverse constituency both 
we're it's the most racially and diverse con- constituency um so there's all of those factors as well and then there's the overlying factor of why we all know people should vote but specific to colleges i think those are like the kickers for me yeah thank you so much um from our experience working with college students we feel like Students seem to really understand presidential elections, but could you maybe talk about some of the different types of elections that our students might be finding themselves wanting to vote in? Yeah, and I mean, I think that you'll hear people say vote local, vote often. Um, It's true. You know, it is true. It's, It's like, I think that presidential elections are easy to understand because we're just getting like inundated with information about them because it costs money to give out information and you have more money if you're running to be the president um which would be a great time for like civic education to be instilled in our public education system um or at least tools for people to seek that out um but there's so much on a ballot there's amendments there's you know local offices and they I think I I don't want to like be so redundant because I know people say this all the time, but I feel like it is always worth saying that like you are more affected by your local officials than you are by your national officials. Um, Like even when you look at reproductive justice and what's happening there, like when Roe v. Wade was struck down, all that did was make there be no federal protection for um, abortion rights. That doesn't mean that states don't have a choice. Like, Minnesota, for instance, like you're fine if you want to get an abortion. And North Carolina, we had laws on the books because it's up to the state. So like if we had voted differently, if you were invested in that, then we would have different representation making different choices. If you're anti-choice or you're pro-choice, you can make your voice be heard and then it, then you can have be in a state where your rights are the ones that you want to have seen if, if your elected official is the one that it's you know or if your chosen elected official wins so i think that like all these national topics that people are really invested in like there's much less federal oversight that than people think like there's really just some checks and balances and then it's it's so tremendously different state by state and i know that like, like being in tennessee you all know that as well as anybody else i mean even like when you look at voter id laws like tennessee has really different laws than than other states like it, like especially for students um, and that did not come from the president or our Congress that came from elected officials in the state. Um, and even something when we talk about like police brutality and we talk about things like, you know, press charges, like that's not the president. They can put pressure. Sure. But like that's often your attorney general and like attorney generals are like snuck in there on midterms, you know, um, judges mayors you know i mean i live in marshall which is right outside of Asheville, and like a big issue in Asheville, where the fourth or we're the second fastest gentrifying city in the country um and that has a lot to do with the municipal laws around developments and hotels and that's our mayor you know so i and people here care a lot about the gentrification but i don't know how many of them are voting in the, in the upcoming mayoral race or for city council um so it's it's really important to to try to you know look at what you care about and see how it affects you locally or how you can affect change locally um and try to turn out and get people that you know to turn out for that because you you can like swing a college can swing a, a swing a race that's local in a much easier way than they can swing a presidential election they can control 
the city that they're in, which is why there's there's a lot of power there and a lot. It's a it's a big target too. Yeah, those are such important things to keep in mind, especially for our college students who have maybe moved further away from their hometowns for their local elections. Can you talk about the process of how someone can vote when they live far away from where they're registered? Yeah, yeah. So there is a Supreme Court case. It's called Sim versus United States, S-Y-M-M. Um, and that is a Supreme Court case that protected the right for it was it was to protect the right of college students to be able to vote at, at their campus or at home, not not at both. Um, and if they want, it just depends on what state you're in as far as your absentee laws go. If you don't, if you choose not to register your campus address, which is your right. And I mean, granted, if you are somebody that feels very invested in your hometown, you plan on going back there, you are going to school, but you want to live back home. That's your plan. It's it's fair to want to keep continuing to affect policy at your home where your family is, where your parents live, where your friends live. Like that's really fair. I would encourage people to think about what they consider home. And if it's where they go to college, then you can re-register when you move back home. But but I understand that like you want to be involved in those four years or five years you're at college in your hometown because that's where you're invested. So it's up to us where we want to register to vote. And it does bring up the question of like where is home and what does that mean to be a community member and being a good community member is being involved in these decisions. Um, Campus Vote Project on our website, we have election law guides state by state. Like it's an interactive map. You click on it. And because we're a part of the Fair Election Center, the Fair Election Center is a staff of election law attorneys. They do legal work like they are all election law attorneys and they create our legal guides. So they are up to date and they're created by attorneys rather than being up to date and created by me, a simple nonprofit employee attempting to read my secretary of state website. So, I mean, I would do my best, but these are vetted by attorneys. They're very accurate. So they will explain like what the absentee laws are, things like that. If you have to send in a copy of your ID, all that kind of stuff. Um, But fundamentally, college students have a right to vote where they consider their home to be. Oh, that's great. Um, what is some advice that you would have for parents about how they could encourage their college student to engage in either local politics or their voting rights wherever they are located for college? So even if that's far away from home. Yeah, um, I mean, I think that it is meaningful for people to know two things, and that is that a first time voter, a young first time voter, is you're creating a life long voter if you catch people when they're first allowed to vote at their beginning of eligibility and they cast a ballot they are super likely to be lifelong voters another thing that i think people in older generations like need to under in every generation really the myth of the apathetic college student is like an absolute myth like completely and the actual number one determinant of what makes people more likely to vote is how consistently they've lived at an address so people that are poor move more often people that don't have like consistent housing that are on the street fighting they won't vote as often college students do often move from year to year less likely to vote also are moving away from home often for the first time so it's not really like a matter of apathy and it goes across all groups not just college students that have the instability that causes voting to be difficult like this is part of why we see low turnout in other groups 
that are more likely than not affected by like economic circumstances to have to move around a lot. And that makes voting really difficult. And you see older folks um, and wealthier people that have high turnout rates that like own houses and they live there for a long time and they have higher voting rates. So I think a lot of this stuff is conflated. And like, if those two things are taken more seriously, then people can understand like why it matters so much to like invest time and energy into like people's first year eligibility and voting to try to create that pattern and to also like have a higher like faith and belief in young people that they do care. They just need a little bit of help. A big part of the thing that I see happening is like a lot of finger pointing at young people for not turning out or not caring without their self-reflection of like, we are creating the young people. So like what responsibility do we have for the fact that folks aren't turning out? Like what does it say about the way that they're being like taught in K through 12 education that they don't know how to vote? Why is, why would it be anybody's fault that they don't know something that they weren't taught instead of the people responsible for teaching them? Um, And so I think that like taking that responsibility more seriously is both like important actually and factually in the tangible outcome of getting people to vote, but it also instills like a lot of empowerment at some, at a person at a really young age. That's really cool. And it's a myth to believe that like young people aren't affected by policy, like college students as just having the identity of being a student, they're affected by policy. Like they are helping to elect governors that appoint, you know, the entire board of people that control the higher education system, whatever that looks like in your state, they control enrollment rates at the college. They control tuition rates and student fees. Like, I had to pay more every year that I was in college to fund a university because there was a board of governors that was appointed by my governor that just told my college they had to charge me more. Like I'm in more debt because of elected officials. So it's, it's like as a student, we are all affected. And then also I'm gay. Like there are people like students are poor. Some students don't have housing when they're on break. Like they need to be able to live in the dorms. Like they don't have housing if they're not in college. Like, they come into the college with all these identities and like they are whole people just like they are when the day they graduate and they like supposedly become an adult. So I think that like it matters so much to be civically engaged at super young ages, even like 16, like you're being affected by traffic policy, like by, by laws around driving, you can drive a car, all these things. Um, so Hopefully, like, finding out what it is that your, like, child cares about a lot and trying to figure out how that ties into local government, that seems to be the most effective way. But at its core, people can figure that out on their own. Like, people can figure out what it is they care about. And if they're given the tools to do their own research and given the tools to know how to register and the tools to know how to cast a ballot, people will do that. It's really, like, that's that's the key. Like, you can try to have, like, really fun conversations, educational things, panels, all that stuff. But if you don't have the nuts and bolts, it doesn't matter how much someone cares. They can show up on election day and be so stoked. And if they're not registered, they can't vote. So the nuts and bolts are really like at the at its bottom. Like I think the most empowering thing, like and unbelievably empowering. And empowerment is what gets people out to vote. Yeah, of course. Um, speaking of students, you know, being empowered, learning learning how to do their own research, all of that good stuff. What is some advice that you have for parents who are beginning to have difficult conversations with their student about politics as their student develops their own opinions? Yeah, I think that like one of the things that we've been trying to 
to get people to work on more seriously is media literacy. I think that it's important that people know how to vet their 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 sources of information and then make their own decisions. Um, that is really key with how much, how flooded we are with media right now. Not all of it is bad. It's like we really swing two ways a lot of the time. Like things are believed without any vetting or it's like nothing can be believed. But like there is some true journalism and there's some fake news. It's not so, you know... And then there's some that swings a little bit, but they are telling you the truth. You can, so it's, I think that is media literacy is like really important. And I, this is another thing where like the autonomy of a student and the autonomy of a young person really can always be respected while also giving folks the tools that they need to make their own decisions. Like if somebody is taught how to vote, is taught how to look up their candidates, is taught how to do research, and then they still choose not to vote, like that's their choice. That's their right. If people want to vote and no one's helping them do it, that's an issue. Um, if people are not learning how to like vet their media and they're being sort of like instilled with propagandized ideas that are just like factually inaccurate and like actually just reading statistics that are not true, that are like memes and they just believe them when they first see them, that's a lack of civic education. And being younger makes you more vulnerable to that sometimes. Being in a civic desert makes you really vulnerable to that. Um, and so I think that's a big part of it. And also just trying to have conversations with like curiosity rather than having conversations where you're trying to to tell people what to do and what to believe, trying to understand like why people believe that. Because if, if you don't agree with it and you understand why they believe it, you can start to break it down. And people might come out thinking the same way, but at least you can see where like your student or your kid is coming from. And it helps, you know, at the end of the day, like voting is about community. Democracy is about community. So what we're trying to do is, is not, it's not about fighting, you know, I mean, it, it's somebody wins at the end of the day, but everybody's affected every single one of us. As we wrap up this episode, we want to thank Rachel for taking the time to be a guest on our show. If you want to learn more, check out our other The College Parent Podcast episodes on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Have a great day and we will see you next time.